actually a good song to lead into the message day by day. The title of the message is, is When Trouble Comes Your Way. When Trouble Comes Your Way. Now, I don't know if you noticed something this morning. To, for me, this morning was the first time I kind of, it actually hit me. The days are getting longer. The sun was coming up a little earlier than normal, and uh, so uh, that's, that's exciting to me. You know, this time of year is a difficult time of year. We're stuck inside a lot, um, you know, can't get the kids out and to play, and, and just different things of that nature. It just is, you don't have much daylight. Sometimes if I go to work, if I stay late, I don't see sun the entire day. Um, so it can get kind of, uh, kind of down during this time of year. It gets cold sometimes and just uncomfortable. And if you have to go out and clean uh, frost off your windshield in the morning before, it just adds things. Uh, and, and, you know, it just creates trouble, what we, would, what we would call trouble. Now, Job 14.1 says, Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Trouble comes in different forms. Trouble sometimes comes in the form of lust, natural as that may be. And as in every person, lust is a troublesome thing that comes our way. In Genesis 3, 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. There was God's word against the lust of our flesh. That's trouble. <laughs> There's trouble in jealousy. Genesis 4, 5, But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, speaking of God, uh, and the, the fruit that Cain brought. It says, And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Jealousy sometimes is trouble when it comes our way. And we, we run into that. I was just talking about uh, when we went over to another church and we just seen all the facilities, you know, there's a certain kind of jealous spirit that can kind of creep up. There's also trouble... When we're ridiculed, Second um, Peter two five, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. I imagine Noah was ridiculed day and night and made fun of. Can you imagine? It's never rained. I mean, building what is this thing? A boat? And then there is trouble when we have great loss, as of our possessions. Job 1.9, then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Has not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And you know the story, 
Everything was taken away from Job. It's, it's an unimaginable thing. He not only took everything he had, he took his health or his well-being. Job at 2.4, and Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth now thine hand, thine hand now, and touch the bone of his flesh and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. What trouble is that when we have health issues? Or great changes, Genesis 12.1. Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Leave everything you know to something of all you don't know. What a change, what a great change. That can bring trouble. There was family feuding trouble that we've seen in the Bible. Genesis 37.5, And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren... And they hated him yet the more. We have troubles just in families. Or when you are between what we call a rock and a hard place. Exodus 14.5 And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people and they said, Why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. And he made ready his chariot, took his people with him and he took 600 chosen chariots and the chariots of Egypt, and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with an high hand, but the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, and his horsemen, and his army, and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pihahiroth before Baal-Saphon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. <laughs> Between a rock and a hard place. That's trouble. There's also trouble, and it's been made known a lot more in these recent years in the schools, and bullying. 2 Kings 19.10, Thus shall ye speak to Hezekiah king of Judah, saying, let not thy God in whom thou trustest deceive thee, saying, Jerusalem shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. Behold, thou hast heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all lands by destroying them utterly, and shalt thou be delivered? What a bully. First Kings one nineteen, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. What a bully. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself on a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. It can really come at us, even good men. What about when the enemy has you in his grip? Daniel 3.13, then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, and Meshach, and Abednego, do, you, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? 
Now, if you be ready, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if you worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Now we know the end of some of these stories here. Daniel 6.15 Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Now know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king establisheth may be changed. Then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. And then speaking of Stephen, when he was preaching the word of God, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 7.54 When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. And in verse 58, it says, And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. Hey, trouble is coming. We're, we're either maybe just out of trouble or just a few stones throw from trouble. Um, but trouble's coming. It comes to all people, by the way. You know, trouble can come upon an entire world, such as in the case of the COVID pandemic. Trouble comes to each of us at different times, different degrees, and in different ways. Though we can invite trouble into our lives by our actions, there are times that trouble comes without understanding. We live in a world of sin. And being born in this sinful world, we are destined for a life, as the Bible says, man that is born of a woman is of a few days full of trouble. <laughs> Better get used to it, folks. So the message today is not so much about the subject of trouble or even the understanding of it, but it's rather an instructional message on how we should handle trouble when it comes our way. Let's pray. Father, each of us will have trouble coming our way. The key is, is how we should handle that trouble. There's a godly way to handle it, and there's an ungodly way to handle it. And of course, we should handle it in the most godly way possible. And Father, you've given us instruction in your word and examples, Lord, of both ways to handle trouble in the right way and how trouble was handled in the wrong way. And so, Father, may we be attentive to this so that when we run across trouble, we can remind ourselves of how we are to handle it. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We talked about Eve. Trouble came to Eve through the appeal of her flesh when that came in opposition to the Word of God. <laughs> Whenever that happens, it's trouble to our souls. To relieve that tension, we must choose to appeal To the spirit and cast away the flesh, or, or should I say, appeal to the spirit and cast away the flesh. Romans 8 1 says, There's 
Therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Now there's a preface to Paul's admonition to walk after the Spirit. It is the preface that he is speaking to those who are saved. Those who have trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior, who have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. The biggest trouble man will ever face is the trouble that they are born in sin, that they willfully sin, that man is totally incapable of paying for their sin, and that the wages for their sin is eternity in hell. Talk about trouble. That's trouble. That's trouble you need to get out of right away. There's only one way to overcome that trouble, and that is to believe on Jesus that in love He came to save you from your sin by taking your sin upon Him, making payment for your sin at His expense upon the cross of Calvary, and that He overcame death, hell, and the grave by His resurrection. And because He rose, all that believe in Him will rise likewise to be ever for, forever with Him in this life here and in life eternal in heaven. So there's a preface to this message as well. That the ability to handle trouble is being spoken to the saved. If you're not saved, you're on your own. You're going to have to figure it out yourself. And I'll tell you, you can't. You're just going to have to deal with what, what life gives you here. I'd like first to examine the things not to do when you're faced with trouble. Now we talked about Eve who made the mistake of choosing the flesh over the obedience to God's word. Now there are many things that we can do that fill the flesh that are not against the obedience of God's word. But there are also clear boundaries or limits to your flesh. For instance, we, we may eat for our nourishment, that, and also that it may give us pleasure or enjoyment of eating. But then there's the sin of gluttony. There is great pleasurable intimacy between a woman and a man, but only within the context of marriage. But there are also times when it's better to refrain from these for a time to give ourselves to fasting and prayer. It is the choice of choosing the Spirit over the flesh. Eve made a wrong choice. She had the choice of the Spirit and of God and her obedience to His Word. 
or what felt good in the flesh and chose wrongly. When trouble comes, don't choose the flesh. Another mistake is to refuse the correction of God and to remain in your error when you are troubled with jealousy and hatefulness. Another word for this is flat-out rebellion. Cain exhibited this when he refused God's offer of reconciliation, which resulted in killing of his brother Abel. Never refuse God's offer of repentance to acceptance when you are troubled. You can get mad. You can be mad at God. And sometimes God will turn to you and say, here's the resolve. And you can either say, no, I'm not doing it. I'm mad. I don't care what you think. Or you can just say, I sinned. God, you are right. And I need to do what you want me to do. And we repent of that. Hey, that's more common than you think. When trouble comes, we tend to move on and say no to God. Never do that. That's what Cain did. He said, you know, you'll be accepted. If you just do, hear what your brother has done. This is what I've accepted, you know, as... As, a, as an offering? But he said, no. I'm not. Nope. Now I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 14, if you would. Exodus chapter 14. We're going to see some more things of what not to do when you are in trouble. Now, if you remember, this is where they were between, as I called in the beginning, between a rock and a hard place. The children of Israel were pinned between the sea and a, and a marching army. In Exodus 14, 8, it said, And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with an high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pehairoth before Baal-Saphon. And it says in verse 10, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, listen to this, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. They looked back at the circumstances instead of the leadership of God before them. Remember, God was leading them by a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. They turned away from that, and they looked and focused on their circumstances. A sure way not to get over trouble in your life is to put a big focus on what the circumstances are. It says, and they were sore afraid. They became paralyzed by the fear of man. We are not to fear anyone but God. When we look at our circumstances and we continue to dwell on them, dwell on them, we can begin to develop an unhealthy fear. And it says, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. Now that sounds good at first. <laughs> I remember Pastor Bankhead talking about when he was in a helicopter and a bunch of ungodly men with him, <clears throat> and they were having troubles and that helicopter was going down. And it was going down quickly. And all of them were calling on God. 
But he said, when they got to safety and everything was all right, they went right back to their old junk. This wasn't a prayer of the will of God. <laughs> it was a save my life prayer. That's all that matters. It was a prayer of disbelief. After all, God did not, didn't God already assure them earlier that this was his perfect plan? If you look at verses 1 through 4, he already told them this was the plan. This is what was going to happen. He's gonna, he was going to take care of Pharaoh and the army. Verse 11, and they said unto Moses, and they said unto Moses, let's just stop right there. They cast the blame on someone else. Isn't that what we do sometimes when we're in trouble? Oh, first of all, we've got to find the blame for somebody. Usually it's some, the one we love the most or the most honored in our life. And so they take Moses. It's his fault. You know, you get past fault in a troubled situation. That is a wrong thing to do. And he says, because there were no graves in Egypt... Hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? You know what the next thing they do? They question the motives who they, who they cast blame upon. You, you've probably been on both sides <laughs> of that. That's the wrong thing to do in trouble. That will not help at all. Who knows what you're in this thing for? Verse 12, is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Now comes the, I told you so. Assumptions based on what appears to be. I'll tell you, that's all miserable talk. That's not the way to handle trouble. Verse 13, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and he shall hold your peace. Man, what man Moses was in the face of this. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Now, another portion of Scripture recalling this event, it's very clear that these Hebrews angered the Lord in their behavior at this point. They were against God. I believe that God wanted them to look forward. I believe that cloud was moving over the water, and they stopped at the water instead of just going forward. Yet they chose to look back, back to the old life, and distrust distrust of the new life ahead as Lot's wife looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. Many times in times of trouble, people will stop serving God and go back to an old dead way of life. Start giving up things. Start putting God in his place. You know, not giving him so much of your life. Let's just, uh, let's just cut this off and, and, and put this where it needs to be. A lot of people will do that in times of trouble. It's the wrong thing to do. Or in some extreme circumstances, will some take their life? They will commit suicide, giving up hope that God can restore whatever was lost or the trouble that they have. 
Verse 16, But lift up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh, upon all his hosts, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the angel of God, listen to this, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud of darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all night. When you refuse to continue... When you're in trouble, you need to continue to just follow God and keep your eyes upon Him. When not, God has to do something. His cloud, what I call a cloud of grace, taking you where you don't deserve, all of a sudden has to turn around and keep you from being destroyed. It becomes a cloud of mercy. And I've tried to think of my life, but it seems like that cloud is in one or two places. It wasn't two clouds. <laughs> there was one cloud, and what happens when that cloud has to go and support you by God's mercy? When this happens, Christian progress is stopped until faith and living by grace can be restored. It is interesting that God, who could have opened the sea in a moment, like the movies show, <laughs> rather used a more gradual, slower process to the Hebrews. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. It just slowed their process down until they could get up the gumption. I, you know, I just wonder, maybe they would have froze if it just opened up like that, that he, they had to get comfortable with it of following God. Maybe a little at a time was easier for them. I don't know. So we make, these are the mistakes that we make in times of trouble. We choose the flesh over the spirit. We refuse God's offer of repentance to restoration rather than to admit wrong and repent. We focus on the circumstances. We become paralyzed by fear. We pray prayers of disbelief. We cast blame. And we question the motives of those who you blame. And then you have an I told you so, assuming the reasoning and cause of the trouble. And then turning back, surviving on God's mercy instead of moving forward, living on God's grace. Now let's look at the right responses in times of trouble. And these are going to be pretty brief. I'm not going to get real in-depth with this, but just hopefully you'll get uh, the gist of it, and hopefully it'll help you when you come in times of trouble how you need to respond. Noah, standing for right and doing what is right in a world that constantly ridicules you. You just need to keep doing what you're told to do, what's right. Job. Job 1.20, then Job arose, rent his mantle, and shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground. 
and worshipped. He is worthy. He has done this thing. He is worthy. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He didn't go looking to blame somebody for his circumstance. He knew God allowed this, and he blessed the Lord as God. And all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. When trouble comes, that's what we need to do. Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. Hebrews eleven seventeen. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. And then Romans 4, 16, speaking of Abraham. Talking about going by grace. <laughs> Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Or Joseph. Genesis 50, 15, And when Joseph's brethren saw their father was dead, <laughs> they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. They were looking at the circumstances, weren't they? They were not responding correctly. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. What a tender heart. Man, they, they set him out for dead. And his brethren also went fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought it evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them, and he spake kindly <laughs> unto them. Man, there's an example how to deal with trouble and how to help others with trouble. Joseph believed and never forgot and saw the end of the purpose of all his trouble. From the very beginning to the end, he kept his eyes on what God said. And going through it, he served his fellow man to the best of his ability and stayed true to his God. Just, just every day. You know, we're reading that song day by day. It's just doing the best you can, having the right attitude. Hezekiah. And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. Now, you know Assyria was a pretty nasty nation who would do some pretty nasty things and they did and they knew it 
It says, And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. When you're in trouble, you need to take whatever that situation is and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, I, I love his prayer. Think of the disciples' prayer. Which dwellest between the cherubims. Thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. Thou hast made heaven and earth. He recognized God for who he is. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and see and hear the words of Sennacherib, which hath sent him to reproach the living God of a truth, Lord. And then he deals with truth. The kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands. He wasn't lying. And have cast their gods into the fire, for they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they have destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand. Listen to his reasoning here. That all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. So that he may, not that the save my life, but that he appealed to God uh, that God would be known that he's the Lord God in him only. That's a good way to deal with trouble. Elijah. And, he, and as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. Now we could get on him. If you really read what Elijah did physically, and paid close attention to it. It was amazing. He was flat out worn out. We're going to get flat out worn out. Things are going to happen. We're going to be tired. We're going to be at our worst end. And we would just turn over and die. Says Elijah. Says here, but God knew. And he sends an angel and tells him to arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. Man, then got some rest. And then the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. You've got seconds. And he arose and did eat and drink and went into the strength of that meat. Forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. You know, sometimes we're just physically down. Sometimes we just need a little sleep and a little food. But irregardless, God will sustain us. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, I might talk about trouble. You, you've seen fires, right? Or you see a fire go up and it's way far away and you can feel the heat of it. They were getting close to a pretty big fire here. It says, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. I don't think they were being disrespectful or anything at all. They just, hey, this is what I've committed to in my life. It says, if it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, 
Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Actually, when trouble comes, our courage should rise. Daniel. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes... <laughs> I like the way this is said. The counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing, that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altered not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed... He went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. That didn't stop him one iota from serving his God when that kind of trouble came. Stephen, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth, but... He, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God. Do you see what he saw? And Jesus, standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord. That's some trouble. <laughs> it's actually going to be the trouble of his death and cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he said this, he fell asleep. There's how you handle trouble, folks. I suppose when the question came up last week, what does it mean to keep your eyes on Jesus as some end with words in a letter? I suppose it is what the men and women of God did when they faced trouble. In essence, they kept their eyes on Jesus. With heads bowed and eyes closed. Trouble's coming. Don't worry about it. It's opportunity, actually. You know, God has this great purpose, you know, in trouble. You know, in Job's case, he had something he wanted to do before Satan at the expense of Job. It's okay. Whatever our cost is, God repays over and over and over again, and He's there with us. But we can tend to try to work things out in the flesh. We look at the circumstances, try to figure out the problems. We draw back. We do less instead of doing more. And our troubles could
consume us. But we need to see the God of the trouble. We need to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Whatever happens, happens. But I'm not going to serve the wrong God. God's able to get me out of it, but that's His choice. He'll get me out of it one way or the other. Through Stephen, it was through his death. But Stephen had so much love and so much of a relationship with God that he didn't cry for his life. He cried for the lives of others in his death. We just need to understand troubles is a part of this life. And people are looking to see how we're going to handle it. How are you going to handle it? Pray that God's worked in your heart today and will help you through things in life, help you through troubles, and uh, help you to understand not to try to take these things in your own hands and work them out in your way. It's just no good. You have to let God work them out and to uh, have that confidence and to stand in the, in the face of trouble. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessed word. Lord, pray your blessings on as we uh, go to close to home today and, and uh, as your word is preached there and as we fellowship one with another, may, may you work in the hearts of people there as well as our own hearts as we go. For we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.